the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He's inviting us into the presence of God. The opening of the most holy place is an invitation to come through Christ once again at the time of the end and to go through the monolith of the cross and find that there are stars in that thing. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's Reaching Your Heart with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is entitled Stargate. That's Stargate, and you can find it online in its entirety without interruption at reachingyourheart.com. We brought you the first portion of Stargate last time we were together here on the radio. We will conclude it now with Pastor Michael Oxentenko. So here we go with Stargate, the conclusion, and Pastor Mike. Now, we worship God who comes to us. You know, some people say, well, I feel like God has rejected me. I've had times in my life where I felt like the Lord had let go of me utterly let me go. And you know, he can in a way. He can let go of you to discipline you. But his love never lets go of you. Because his discipline is the cord of love. So when the Lord rejects, as Jeremiah says, the generation of his wrath, the cord of love still has a space tether on him. Because when he lets them go, it is to pull them back tighter and closer to his heart. So we worship a God who comes to us, who pulls us in because we cannot climb up to him. God told Moses in Exodus 20 that his people were never to build an altar with steps up to it. He says, if you build an altar like that with steps up to it and you walk up that altar, you defile it. You are to put it on level ground. And he was saying, look, when you build an altar of plain stones, don't make it pretty. Don't carve on it, hack on it. Don't make art objects on it. Just make it rocks on the ground. Put a lamb there and let it die on the ground. And I will come down to you where you pray on level ground in humility and simplicity because I am by nature a personal God, not Einstein's God that is Hegel's God of the distant universe. I'm a personal God who comes to you when you pray. And so God told Moses at the burning bush, I have come down to take my people out of Egypt to the land that I have promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Japheth, a good land flowing with milk and honey. Now, a land of milk and honey was considered the land of the gods. He says, I'm taking you to a place that eventually will be the place where extraterrestrials live. In John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they might have life and have it, how does the text read? Abundantly. We're not talking about a shadow existence. We're talking about meaningful, deep living. John 1.9, John writes, The true light that enlightens every man was doing what? Was coming into the world. I mean, Christ has come as light and life for us. So the God who is distant in Christ has come close to us. The Bible reads like a science fiction novel, but it's not fiction at all. I was in someone's home this week. They were telling me how wonderful these science fiction novels are, and I used to read a lot of them. I don't read any of them anymore. 
But I understand what, because it can draw your imagination into them and the like. And I made the statement, you know, the fact is that science fiction novels aren't nearly as science fiction-y as the Bible, which is not fiction. I mean, you have cosmic stuff there. A lot of these science fiction books are borrowing Bible themes to get their plot lines. Consider this. In the Bible, it describes a cosmic war in Revelation 12 that began in outer space a long time ago in a place far, far away. It sounds like Star Wars, doesn't it? And it tells the tale of a powerful extraterrestrial being who became a rebel in the realm, the dark side, and an evil, unpredicted one. A great archangel became an invader, and he became part of the rebels, and he came to this earth to mess it up and to steal the planet away from God, away from the alliance of worlds. It all talks about another extraterrestrial being who was more than his equal, who was an extension of God himself, who created the planet, and who finally came in human form as Jesus to die for this planet, to win it back to the family of free worlds, and to engage this extraterrestrial evil one in the Garden of Gethsemane at the cross so he could take it back. And in this story, the monolith is not a black stone in the desert of Africa on the moon. The stargate in this story is the rock of ages who became a human being. The T-shaped monolith is not at Gobekli Tepe. The T-shaped monolith is the cross of Christ. That's where God, that's where the universe interacts with us directly. And that's where heaven opens up the gate. In the Bible, the stargate has come down. He has opened the door to God because He is the door. And when Jesus died on the cross, I mean, you remember what the New Testament says. It says the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom. Josephus says 40 years before the destruction of Jerusalem, the great stone lintel at the entrance of the temple, there was only one veil at the temple in the second temple period. It was thousands of pounds. It cracked suddenly. And that meant that one half of that veil fell to the earth and was shredded before the eyes of all. And he didn't see it, but he records it because it had left its impression upon the Jewish people. So as Christ died upon the cross of Calvary, and as the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, Hebrews 10 says that Christ is the veil. His flesh is the veil. And so as the door to the temple was shredded open, Christ died. It is finished. At the same moment, It meant that with His death, the veil, the door was open and heaven was open to us. And the way to God was established again. Stargate. The book of Revelation boldly proclaims that there is an open door in heaven. And Jesus is the way through that open door because He is the door. Dear heart, Christ is in the business of opening doors to God in your life. Do you hear me? He's in the business of opening doors to God in your life. Revelation 3.8, Jesus encourages the church of Philadelphia to go through that door. Look at it again. Revelation 3.8, I know your works. He could say that to you. I know your works. You struggle. Behold, I have set before you an open door which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Friend, God opens the door to heaven for people who can't open the door on their own. And that's all of us. Those of us who are weak, I'm weak. I'm not a strong Christian. Are you a strong Christian? I'm a weak Christian that needs God's strength. I'm a weak Christian who needs to rely on the living Lord. And that's why I need to read my Bible. I woke up this morning and I take Bible Gateway out. and That's the first thing I do in the morning. I listen to about 45 minutes of the Bible before I get out of bed. 
And then I'll read it throughout the day or whatever. But I have to get that in my head. I have to have the Word of God, which is the presence of God in my life, before I pop out of bed. That's how this preacher works. And I have to keep it in my mind, or I can fall like you can fall. Because I am a weak Christian without the living power of Christ in my life. And those who are weak in their own eyes are those who are best able to get through the door because they must rely on Jesus to open the door because Christ is the way. And those are the only kind of people who get into God. You see, it's not spiritual superstars who punch a hole through eternity. It's those who rely on Christ to be their power and strength who find God. Revelation 1.10, Jesus appears with the keys in His hand and His voice is heard like a trumpet on the Lord's Day, the Holy Seventh Day Sabbath. In Revelation 4.1, there's an open door that follows. Now notice the connection to the one who has the trumpet voice. After this, I looked and lo, in heaven an open door. At the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up hither and I will show you what must take place after this. You see, Christ is calling John the Revelator through the open door into heaven because his flesh, his veil was shredded at the cross and thus the door is open. And thus in trumpet tones, he calls John up to God. Now don't you want to go up there with John? Don't you want to be in the presence of God with John? It's an inviting call. John was taken in vision through that open door, which is the stargate into the presence of God Himself. John stood in another realm where God is at and where Jesus is found to the eye of faith. And there he found worship, joy, faith, love, instruction, angels who are brethren, God the Father, the seven spirits of God, which are the Holy Spirit. And there he found the comfort of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, our advocate and high priest. He found acceptance beyond the door because the door opens up to God and Jesus is the door. I mean, don't tell me the book of Revelation doesn't have the gospel in it. That's the gospel. Christ is the door that ended the quarantine of planet Earth. Because of Jesus, friend, you can get on your knees today and you can pray and God hears you and God accepts you if you're humble, surrendered up. And that feeble prayer and weakness and sincerity becomes something God listens to in the courts of heaven. And He talks back through His Word and through the love of others and through providences in your life. God loves you. I had a door that I had opened once. To me, my entire life rotates around what happened at that door. When I was 15 years of age, as many of you know, I found my father at the age of 15. God actually found me and put me to the door where my father was at. I was 15 years old, didn't know where he was, hadn't known where he was since I was five or six. And one day I found myself at the hospital he would die in, and his name was on the door, Leroy Oxentanko. I entered the door with my father's name on it, and I found my father beyond the door. Friend, God has given us Jesus. Jesus is the door to God. The Father's name is in the Son. It's on the door. And when we open the door, when we come to God through Christ, we find the Father on the other side because no man comes to the Father but through the Son of God. Dear heart, you can't get into heaven unless God gets you into heaven. You can't come to God unless He pulls you on that great tether toward Him. He pulls you through the door with the Holy Spirit, but His name is on the door. We don't have to guess what God is like. You know, I looked on that door and I saw my father's name written on that hospital door in Fletcher, North Carolina. I knew my father was on the other side because I could read the letters, Leroy Oxentenko, and that is the name of my father. When you look at Jesus Christ, John is so clear in John 17. 
the name that you have, you have given me, and I have revealed it to them. And John says that Jesus is the door. The name of the Father, the character, the law, who He is, His covenant, is in the Son of God. It's on Him. Thus, when you come to Christ, you are reconciled to God. It's a paradox, really. You can't move through that open door unless you open your heart's door to Christ first. Unless you're open let Jesus in, you can't open the door to find God. Christ in the book of Revelation stands knocking at the door of your heart. I think He knocks hard so He can come into you so that you can go through His door that takes you out of here to God. You know, the last church is the church of Laodicea. The Laodicean church is a lukewarm church that has truth but doesn't spend time with Jesus. It's a church that has prophetic knowledge but does nothing with it because Christ is on the outside. And so the marriage supper of the Lamb is being held up because the bride is on the inside and she won't open the door to let Christ in who will take her to the marriage feast. And that represents our church at this time of earth's history, dear heart. Jesus says this in Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The Greek says, I have been standing at the door. It's a perfect verb. I've been standing a long time at the door, and I have not left the door. I love you. I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door. Notice it's not a corporate call. It's a personal call. I will come in to him or she implied and eat with that person. And that person with me, he who conquers conquers what? Conquers the desire to leave the door shut. You overcome by opening the door. He who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me where? What does the text say? On my throne. That's the center of the universe. Pastor Michael Oxentenka will continue in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Tenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. He who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me where? What does the text say? On my throne. That's the center of the universe. That's the cosmic center of the universe. That's where Lucifer sent. And that throne we know from Scripture will take its place on the Mount of Olives where Jesus was crucified. The center of the universe will be the place where the cross of Christ, where the T-shaped monolith appeared. And there God will plant His throne for all ages as His feet touches the Mount of Olives. He says, I'll grant you, you to sit with me on my throne. And you know, the throne of God in Revelation is the throne of God and the Lamb. As I myself conquered and sat down with my Father on His throne. Imagine sitting next to God and the Son and hearing from them both what they went through to save you and bring you through the door. Friend, if we open the door to Christ, Jesus will give us the privilege of sitting on His throne and knowing Him more deeply as Father and friend. 
human beings, and that we are, I mean, some of you may be a challenge to that. Anyone here feel like you're a full human being? Go ahead and raise your hand with confidence. I am a human. You feel that way? That's neat. That's good to know. Have you ever met an inhuman human? Someone who said they're human, but they don't act like they're human. We're human beings. And we were not made to live for only a time and then go away forever. We are star children if we come to Jesus Christ. The promise to Abraham. God took Abraham up and he showed him the stars. And he said, you know, your children are going to be like the stars in number forever and ever. If we have faith in Christ, we're like the stars. We're meant for eternity if we belong to God as children of God and Jesus. So be of good cheer, struggling one. You are meant to shine. Look at Daniel 12, 3. And those who are wise shall shine like the, uh, like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn me into righteousness like the stars forever and ever. The universe is a dark place unless there's consciousness in the universe. You will live forever with the power to observe, with the power of consciousness as a light forever and ever and ever because you are in Christ. So in Revelation 11, the Bible describes the seventh trumpet in heavenly terms. It describes thrones that are set up like the ones in Daniel 7 where millions of angels gather for their great judgment work in heaven. The great pre-advent judgment, Daniel 7, when thrones are cast down, the books are open, the like, and the righteous are dead or judged. And then in this judgment, the kingdom of the world becomes the kingdom of God. You see, the heavenly kingdom is going to be the future kingdom. God's not going to make a kingdom here. He makes it in heaven, and he brings it here at the second coming. In Revelation eleven eighteen, here's what happens because of that pre-evident judgment in heaven. The nations are angry because God's rule is coming. The nations raged, it says, thy wrath came, and the time for the dead to be judged for rewarding thy servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear thy name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. And when things get bad on earth, what happens in heaven? What happens when the earth is spoiled and destroyed? Because the Greek word says to spoil those who spoil the earth. It's the language of Genesis when it says all flesh had corrupted itself before God. And God says, I will corrupt the earth. The same Greek word is used in the Greek Old Testament used here. It's like the flood all over again. So what happens when the earth is spoiled and destroyed? Where do you go when here is no longer a good place to be? Look at Revelation eleven nineteen, key verse to focus on. Then God's temple in heaven was opened. The ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, voices, peals of thunder, and earthquake and heavy hail. Friend, when this earth is not a good place to be, when the earth is corrupted, God opens heaven. And in Revelation, the most holy place in heaven is seen. The ark of the covenant appears, and there's lightning, voices, peals of thunder, and earthquake, heavy hail. It's like Sinai all over again. It is the language of the seventh plague in the seventh trumpet. And just before the end, the Bible says, then God's temple in heaven was opened. So what is God doing here? Friend, he's inviting us through the stargate. He's inviting us into the presence of God. The opening of the most holy place is an invitation to come through Christ once again at the time of the end and to go through the monolith of the cross and find that there are stars in that thing. The ark is God's throne and the ark of the covenant held the Ten Commandment law of God. And you cannot separate Jesus from the written law. 
God's law is inside the ark. God's law is inside Jesus. And the high priest Jesus stands before the throne of God because the high priest Jesus in Revelation 7 is in the center of the throne. He is the essence of the throne. He is the law. And thus the lawgiver died for us on the cross of Calvary. And thus the lawgiver is found at the end of time through that open door. And thus the law is understood again in deeper terms. That God's law is ultimately the lawgiver himself. Lightning in Revelation 11 means you can see inside his holy house. It's not a blind house. The lightning of God's presence illumines heaven. Voices in Revelation 11:19 means that God is talking to you inside his house. So why not talk back and pray to the God who speaks to us? Thunder and earthquake in Revelation 11:19 means that time will come to an end in a catastrophe. So why not take one big step forward and go inside that holy house of God by faith and enter in because the door has been opened for you in the last days. Friend, Jesus is always an opportunity for those who seek Him. God can always be found if you come to Christ on His terms. Heaven is an open door for those who surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior. Revelation 19, Jesus is coming back because heaven has been opened by the cross of Calvary for the last time. The Bible says in Revelation 19 that I saw heaven opened and there was one on a white horse whose name is the Word of God. And he comes with the armies of heaven to take us back to God. Stargate. Every child of God who comes to God in Christ is a star child One of those stars that Abram saw in the night sky when God made the promise, so will your children be. My favorite devotional writer describes eternity in her inspired book, The Great Controversy, pages 677 and 678. I want to focus on that as we end today. The ending of the book, The Great Controversy. It reads better than Arthur C. Clarke's 2001 A Space Odyssey, I believe. She writes, Unfettered by mortality, they wing their tireless flight to worlds afar. Worlds that thrilled with sorrow at the spectacle of human woe and rang with songs of gladness at the tidings of a ransomed soul. With unutterable delight, the children of God enter into the joy and the wisdom of unfallen beings. They share the treasures of knowledge and understanding gained through ages upon ages in contemplation of God's handiwork. With undimmed vision... They gaze upon the glory of creation. They don't need telescopes. Suns and stars and systems all in their appointed order circling the throne of deity. Upon all things from the least to the greatest, the Creator's name is written. And in all are the riches of His power displayed. And the years of eternity as they roll will bring richer and still more glorious revelations of God and of Christ As knowledge is progressive, so will love, reverence, and happiness increase. The more men learn of God, the greater will be their admiration of His character. As Jesus opens before them the riches of redemption and the amazing achievements in the great controversy with Satan, the hearts of the ransom thrill with more fervent devotion and with more rapturous joy. They sweep the harps of gold and 10,000 times 10,000s and thousands of thousands and voices unite to swell the mighty chorus of praise. Revelation 5.13, And every creature was in heaven on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne to the lamb forever and ever the great controversy is ended sin and sinners are no more the entire universe is clean 
One pulse of harmony and gladness beats through the vast creation from Him who created all flow life and light and gladness throughout the realms of illimitable space from the minutest atom to the greatest world. All things animate and inanimate in their unshadowed beauty and perfect joy declare that God is love. Friend, Jesus is the stargate. He's the stargate. God's name is on the door. Open the door. Let him take you home to God. Obedience is going through the door. Open the door and go home. Dear Father, God, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the door. Father, we don't want to get to you without going through him. May he always be the door with your name on it. Bless everyone here, Father. May your name be written on their forehead at the end of time, the seal of the living God. And may who you are in love, a deeper demonstration of law at the cross, be manifest in the selfless lives of those who serve right here. Me too, Lord, me too. And I thank you for the one who gave it all. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today to Reaching Your Heart. That will conclude Stargate. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.